Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at www.cwcsj.org for service times and directions. Stand to your feet. Turn your Bibles to the book of Judges. Judges chapter 6. And as you're turning to Judges chapter 6, we're... I want to just kind of give you a brief breakdown of what's going on at this point. The, the children of Israel don't have a king. Uh, they no longer are following uh, the prophets for, for direction. And so the, the key word for, that you find when you talk about the judges is that everyone did what was right in their own eyes. That, that was how they operated. It sounds a lot like today. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. There is no right and wrong. There is no black and white. There is no no truth and there is no falsehood that everything is relative. That you do what you want to do when you want to do it. Doesn't matter uh, who it hurts, who it offends, as long as you're okay with it. That's what was going on in these days. And God had given the children of Israel a promise and said, if you obey, I'll bless you. And I'll bless you in this land. But if you turn away from me, I will send people, I will send nations to rule over you and place you into bondage. And that's what's going on here. The children of Israel have disobeyed God. And they're in a moment here where everything that they grow is taken by this nation. Everything that they sow, every, all, all their paychecks, every time they get paid, there's someone, a bully there, taking their lunch money away from them. Everything they plant when harvest time comes, they're taking it away from them. And this is what's going on, is that the children of Israel are in, are in disarray. They're, they're in a moment of just trying to survive. They're just trying to get by. Come on, somebody. Have you ever been in a situation where you're just trying to get by? You're just praying that your check is, that there's more check than there is week left. Just trying to survive the problem you're having with your spouse. Trying to survive the sickness that you're going through right now. You're no longer looking at advancing. You're just looking at holding on. You're not even thinking about getting a promotion at work. You're just hoping you don't get laid off. Not even looking at building your marriage. You're just hoping you don't get a divorce. You're no longer in the place of advancing. You're in the place of survival, just getting by. And that's where Gideon is at in verse 11 of chapter 6. It says, now the angel of the Lord, everyone say angel of the Lord. Came and sat under the timbereth tree, which was in Oprah. Now, not Oprah, Oprah, okay? which belonged to Joash the Abrazite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. See, that those are the people, while he gets a harvest, he has to go inside a winepress to hold on to what he's grown, what little bit. Verse 12 says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. I'm speaking to someone this morning. The Lord is with you. Those of you just trying to get by. The Lord is with you. 
Those of you that are just holding on to your job right now, the Lord is with you. Those of you hoping you don't find a note that your wife left you, the Lord is with you. Those hoping that you get a good report from the doctor, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Bow your heads with me as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Being from Manteca, we're very familiar with wine presses. I'm not a wine drinker, but I'm very familiar with wine presses. We live, we live right there by Lodi, which there's grapes everywhere, winemakers everywhere. And there are these big old containers that in the old school, they were made out of wood. And they would throw the harvest of grapes inside this container. They would open up a door, throw all the grapes in. Then they would close the door and then someone would get up on top in the cylinder and they would turn like a, a, a screwdriver or a press. And as they would turn it, the plate would come down and it would squeeze all the grapes on the inside. And they would keep on turning it until they were able to squeeze out all the grape juice that was in their harvest. The Midianites had come down and taken everything from them that now they were using an instrument for harvest of grapes as a means of hiding and taking cover. He opened it as far as it would go and instead of putting grapes in there because he had none, he climbed inside of there and he would thresh wheat. He would break the wheat up and begin to harvest what little he could because the Midianites would come and take whatever they had out in the open. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where it seems like you work so hard during the week, you work overtime, and when you get paid, you're still broke. That you find yourself, no matter how much you invest into your wife or into your husband, it still seems like things are getting worse. No matter how much effort you put into the programs that you're doing at work, the boss never sees your effort and it looks like you're always fighting for that job. All the work you do in school, you put all that effort in for that report. You read it over and over and you think you nailed it and you get a C. You wonder if your teachers even see the effort that you're putting in. So you're not even in the moment of looking at excelling anymore. You're just getting by. And that's where they're at right now. And all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord, and whenever you see an angel of the Lord show up in the Old Testament and it receives worship, that angel of the Lord is Jesus before he came in flesh. Whenever an angel of the Lord comes, but it doesn't receive worship, it's just an angel. But when the angel of the Lord shows up and it receives worship, then you know that it was Jesus before he came to earth in the form of the baby Jesus. See, I need, you, I need to learn some of y'all right now. Jesus didn't have his beginning when he came to the manger. He's been God before the foundations of the earth. He was there when the flood came with Noah. He was there when he gave the promise to Abraham. He was there when God formed Adam out of the dust of the ground and blew breath into him. God has been there from the very beginning. Oh, that's all right. You can, you can clap right there. And Jesus shows up in the middle of this wine press and he finds a man threshing wheat, which was a woman's job. 
not even going to go into that contents right there. You see, when, when, l- listen to me. When you're in bondage, you do things that you were never created to do. His name is Gideon. And when the Lord shows up, he looks at Gideon and he says this, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, I want you to understand something that we think of that and say God came in to give him a word to inspire him to rise up and set his people free. But I'm here to tell you this, that the name Gideon means mighty warrior, that the name Gideon already meant mighty warrior. God was only calling him what he already was. Say it again, Pastor. Whenever we go through bondages and crises and we find ourselves going through circumstances that overwhelm us so greatly, we forget who we are. Oh, you know what? I'm giving you a million dollar sermon right now and you're giving me a two dollar response. I need you to understand that some of us are just trying to get by. You're a squirrel trying to get a nut, not realizing that God created you to own the forest. You see, there's a problem when God approaches him and calls him mighty warrior. He calls him by his title. But there's a problem when you have a title, but you don't operate in the function. T.D. Jake says that whenever we have a title, but we don't operate in the function, then we have dysfunction. Oh, come on. You know what I'm talking about. How many of you would keep a refrigerator that doesn't keep anything cold? Or a washing machine that don't wash nothing. A dryer that doesn't dry. A car that doesn't go anywhere. How many of you would hold on to a hair dryer that doesn't, that doesn't turn on or blow any air? You get upset. How many of you have phones that don't work? How you trying to make a call with a phone that don't work? A camera that don't take pictures. A DVD player that doesn't turn on. When you have a title of something, but it doesn't function, it just takes up space. It's a waste. We got a world today of things that carry a title, but they don't do the function. Oh, I'm talking to someone right now. You took on the title of being a husband, but you're not doing the function. Oh, that was deep, huh? You took on the title of being a wife, but you want to live like a single woman. You join a church to become a member, but you don't even show up. You take a title, but you don't do the function. And so you either repair it or you get rid of it. Don't take a title if you're not going to do the function. Oh, I'm talking to you this morning. Listen to me very carefully. Listen very carefully, because you take a title, you take the title you are implying that you're going to do the function. Don't have a child if you're not going to be the daddy. Don't join a school if you're not going to do the work. (laughs) 
Don't take a job if you're not going to do the work. Then you get mad when you get laid off. Gideon has a title. Mighty warrior. And Jesus comes in and he stands there with them and he looks at them. And he doesn't do this. Really? This is where you're at? Really? Jesus steps in and says, the Lord is with you. Lord is with you, mighty warrior. God reminds him of who he is. Just gives him a reminder of who he is. He doesn't browbeat him. He doesn't get upset. He doesn't say, what are you doing here? He says, come on, get out of here. All he walks in and does is see, if you want a change in your life, if you want a transformation to become a contender, if you want to be one that is no longer a pretender, but want to become the contender, you want to step into the ring and win that fight, you got to understand who you are. Some of us get lost. We forgot who we were. We forgot who we are. And we allow things to come into our life and defeat us, not realizing that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Somebody got to hear me right now. Verse 15, he says this. So he said to the Lord, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? You want me to do what? You want me to do what, Jesus? I want you to save Israel. He goes, I'm indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my father's house. I need you to understand, where did he get this idea? When I preach every Sunday and I look at your eyes and I, and I make declarations to you, there are some of you that I see the light turn on, and then there's others of you that look back at me like a deer in headlights, wondering whether I have the capacity, the ability, the right to live a life of victory. You struggle when this word is released because somewhere along the way you took a selfie. Yeah, we see your selfies all over Facebook, girl. (laughs) Driving, alone, eating, leading worship. (laughs) You just gave her up, huh? But where did he get this idea? Where did he get this mindset from? It's called a self-image. And we all have a self-image, and it doesn't come from yourself. All of us have a a canvas in our minds that someone, every word that you speak to someone, every time someone that you admire releases a word upon your life, they take a paintbrush and they paint a stroke on the picture of your mind. Every word that you give to your wife's husband, you're taking out the paintbrush and you're beginning to paint a picture on her mind. Oh, someone got to hear me right now. Self-image is a 
portrait or painted of the mind of our self-worth, our abilities, and our attributes. It's a mental selfie that we take. But that self-image isn't always given by ourselves. Where does it come from? It comes from our upbringing. It comes from our parents. It comes from our, our ethnicity, our socioeconomic background, our experiences, our environment, from our families or our friends or even our enemies. And we've allowed people that don't even like us to shape our self-image. You join a church and take the title, but you don't do the function by coming to church. Why do you need to be here? Because you need someone that loves you to tell you who you are to change your self-image. I'm here every Sunday to try to remind you who you are. You're not a loser. You're never going to, if you're not that person, that'll never amount to anything. There is glory that is inside of you. There is a mighty warrior ready to come out. I'm not trying to give you a self image, I'm trying to release a God image upon you. Oh, come on, somebody give God praise right now for the God image that He has for your life. Come on. Do you understand that when people go into the army or into the military, they always have to go through a boot camp? Why, why is boot camp so important? Because they have to tra- retrain their minds. They, they want the soldier to think like a soldier, not like a civilian. So when war breaks out and they hear sounds of gunshots, they don't run. They fight. When you come to church, yeah, we're trying to brainwash you. Don't go to that church. They're going to brainwash you. Excuse my language, but hell yeah, we're trying to brainwash you. Because you know what? Some of your minds are dirty. Your minds need washing. Your mouth do too, but your mind needs washing. We need to wash our mouth out with the word of God. We we need to cleanse our minds. The problem with, with, with Gideon was that his thinking was wrong. And because his thinking was wrong, his living was wrong. And because his living was wrong, his doing was wrong. I can't change your doing until I change your living. And I can't change your living until I change your thinking. The Bible says that they are living in caves and they're living up, up in the mountains and so forth. They were, they're living in a place that God never intended them to live because of disobedience. Caves were set aside for using the bathroom. The caves were used for throwing dead bodies. And the caves are where wild animals slept. Caves were never meant for humans. And yet that's where the children of Israel are living. My friend, when you disobey God, you end up living in conditions you were never meant for. Say it again, Pastor. You end up living in places that were meant for dead people. You end up living in places that were meant for crap. You end up living in places that were meant for animals. I don't know if you're catching this. Pastor, you sound mad. You better believe I'm mad. 
I'm mad at the lies that you've been believing about yourself. I'm mad at the enemy has begun to step in and make you live in places that you were never intended to. You were never intended to live in a place called addiction. You were never meant to live in a place called depression. You were never meant to live in a place called sickness. You were never meant to live in a place called broke. God forgive us. I know you created us for something better than what we're experiencing right now. Lord, on behalf of this family, I repent for us allowing ourselves to live in this condition. I wasn't created, my God, just to get by or survive. It's not what I was created for. Created me for something more. Lord, our thinking needs to be changed. Our thinking needs to be changed. Friend, you can't forget who you are. You can't forget who you are. Just say this with me. Lord, remind me who I am. I want you to understand something as John plays. I want you to understand something before I close. The Spirit of God comes in and says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. How many of you ever heard that God is with you or even heard me preach on a Sunday and heard that God is with you, but your life was falling apart? And you wonder, how is God with me when this is going on? How is God with me when my marriage is disintegrating, when my, when my family member is dying from sickness, when my finances are falling apart, when I'm about to lose my job, when I'm, I'm living in depression? How is God with me when I'm going through these conditions? Look at what Gideon tells God in verse 13. Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why is all this happening to us? Were all the miracles which our fathers told us about saying, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us. Have you ever felt forsaken by God? God, where are you? Let let me let you in on a little secret. God's big enough to handle your disappointment. Let me try this side. God is big enough to handle your disappointment in Him. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we think it's unspiritual to question God. God can handle your disappointment. Because there's something going on here. Gideon's complaining. If you're with us, then why are all these things going on? If you're with me, why is this taking place? And I need you to understand. He says, we heard from our fathers how they were taken out of Egypt, but there was a problem. They came out of Egypt, but Egypt never got out of them. They still had a slavery mentality. And some of us are more comfortable operating in trouble than we are in freedom. I'm trying to break some things off of your mindset this morning. They were saved 
When you come out of Egypt, you're saved. But they weren't converted. Conversion has to do with your mind, your heart, your thoughts. If God is with us, why are all these things happening? If God is with us, I've asked those questions before. Come on, somebody. Let's not get all religious in this place. We've all asked if God is with us, why are these things going on? I know I did when my daughter passed away. I never did it to you publicly, but when I was by myself, I was crying out to God, God, what's going on here? Where are you at? But crises and circumstances end up causing us to live where God never intended us to live. But as I close, I want you to notice verse 14. After he tells the Lord, if you're with us, why are all these things happening? This is the kicker. Then the Lord turned to him. It's like Gideon is arguing with God and it's like Jesus takes a little walk on him. Now, if they're inside the wine press while this is going on, it's kind of they're going around in circles. Have you ever felt like in your life you were just going in circles? The Bible says that he's talking to to the angel and the Bible says that as he's talking to the angel if, if God is with us then why are all these things happening if God is with us where are all the miracles at if God is with us why are we going around in circles right now if God is with us why am I in a wine press right now and I love what the word says that the Lord then stopped and looked at him the Lord turned to him In the deepest, darkest moments of your life, my God always turns towards you. In the deepest struggles of your life, he'll turn around and he'll find you. In the biggest messes that you're in, my God is but a voice away. He turns towards him. And he says this, go in this might of mine. Is that what the word says? Go in this might of your parents. Go in the might of your pastor. Go in the might of your church. Go in the might of your denomination. Go in the might of your religion. Go in the might of what you were what was taught to you as a child. He says, go in this might of yours of yours of yours of yours and you shall save your marriage your family your finances your body your mind your neighborhood your children, your city, your educational system, the poverty level, the gang violence, the struggle, the battles, the addictions. Go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? 
Have I not sent you? The gap between what should be and what is is called you. Well, God, how come this isn't being done? God's looking at you and said, I sent you to get it done. That's why it's not done. Why, why is Israel still in bondage? It's because, buddy, you're taking cover when you should be taken over. Husbands, stop taking cover in your marriage and start taking over it. Oh, you, you need to listen to me. Stop taking cover in your studies and start taking over. Stop taking cover in your finances and start taking over. Stop taking cover in your sickness and start taking over. Stop taking cover from depression and start taking over. The gap between where God wants you and where you're at right now is called you. Everything you need. Oh, come on, somebody. Everything that you need. Everything that you need. Everything you need for victory is in you. It's in you. He gave you everything you need. You're not waiting on God. Stay standing. You're not waiting on God. God's waiting on you. You are not waiting on God. God's waiting on you. You are not waiting for God to move. God's waiting for you to stand up and be who He called you to be. Stop waiting for another name. Stop waiting for another prophetic declaration. Stop waiting for another impartation. Stop waiting for another word to be released to you. And start living the one that God gave you. You are an overcomer. You are a conqueror. You are a contender this morning. All it took was a word. All it took was a word. All it took was a reminder from God. Face-to-face encounter with God. Face-to-face encounter with Jesus. To remember who you are. To remember who God created you to be. I'm calling out right now. Some of you lost your identity. You ain't a gangster. You're a Godster. I stole that one. You're not a loser. You're a winner. The Bible says that you are the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, a lender and not a borrower. The head determines where things go. The tail just follows. God is about to raise some of you up to leadership to where you're going to start laying the path. Stop following where everyone else is going. You are the head and not the tail. A lender and not a borrower. You're an investor. You know where to invest. You don't owe people. 
people owe you. You invest in things. God's going to place you in a place of leadership to where you can start investing in people. Start sowing. Instead of always asking, you're going to be able to start giving. You're above and not beneath. That means God's raising you up to heavenly places. You're not the people that are being stepped on. God is raising you to seat in high places with him. You need to remember who you are. Let me get a little ghetto on you this morning, all right? Or is that all right? Don't let, the, don't let how I'm dressed fool you. You need to remember who you is. You need to remember who you is this morning. Show enough. Better. Better holler at your boy. Holler at your boy. Romans 8, 11, as I close right now. The spirit of God or the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead. Same spirit. Last week we celebrated the resurrection. A lifeless body sat there for three days and then immediately on the third day that lifeless, cold, dark place was transformed when the body all of a sudden shook for the first time and what was dead for three days became life and life-giving being. I need you to understand what was dead in your life is about to be raised up right now because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Oh, come on, give God praise right now. Say, it's in me. It's in me. It's in me. Come on, lift your hands right now as John prophesies over you. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at www.cwcsj.org.